Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 111 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I discuss my 2019 bold predictions and crazy calls, as well as recap my only dynasty draft of the season. We had mentioned that Daniel was going to be on this podcast to reveal his bold predictions and crazy calls as well. Unfortunately, he was unable to make the podcast today, so I'm going to record my section now and give you those. And when he is able to jump back on the podcast, he will give you his bold predictions and crazy calls then. So we had to go ahead and call an audible or an Omaha, if you will, on the podcast, but we're rolling with it as we always do. Quick announcement before we get going today, the TCK Pod Listener League draft is Wednesday. September 4th, and I'll be doing a recap episode of that as well. Very excited for that, so stay tuned. But enough business for now. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Okay, rolling solo today. I'm going to go through my five bold predictions and five crazy calls. So first of all, bold predictions are things that are realistic. Um, We could see happening. They're bold predictions, of course, so they seem unlikely right now, but definitely could happen depending on a number of circumstances. Those are bold predictions. If something happened in a bold prediction, you wouldn't be terribly shocked, uh, although a little bit surprised. Crazy calls, on the other hand, crazy calls are further than bold predictions. So these are things that seem completely unreasonable right now, but uh, definitely could come to fruition. I've mentioned it multiple times on the podcast. Last year, crazy call was that Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, uh, who were both second or third stringers for their respective teams last year at this time, were going to become QB1s, uh, start for their team, and become a QB1 from that point on. During the prediction segment of the episode, uh, seemed crazy, right? Terod Taylor was there for the Browns. Baker was a rookie sitting behind him. Lamar Jackson was behind Joe Flacco and RG3, and uh, he was third string. But we know what happened. They both took over. They both crushed once they got in there. So that was a crazy call. Came to fruition. So let's get into the bold predictions. My number one bold prediction, this is no particular order per se, but number one bold prediction is that Mike Williams outscores Keenan Allen overall in fantasy points, and I will move this to any platform. That includes PPR. I've made my cases for Keenan Allen. He is an excellent, excellent player, great route runner, a Cal guy. Um, I watched him in college. Uh, Daniel, who was on the previous podcast, has actually uh, you know, been going to school at Cal for years. Um, no hate toward Keenan Allen. I just think this is the year that Mike Williams takes that next leap and Keenan Allen maybe falls a little bit with that over the middle coverage with Hunter Henry coming back, Melvin Gordon potentially coming back, uh, you know, when he figures it out at the time of this recording, he is still holding out, but especially if Melvin Gordon comes back, I think that takes a little bit away from Keenan Allen as well. Whereas with Tyrell Williams gone, I really like Mike Williams down the sideline uh, and over the middle. He's a huge body, great hands, great body control, um, excellent, excellent receiver uh, coming out of college, uh, wasted his rookie year with a back injury, came out last year, scored 10 touchdowns. 
Um, I think he's going to be an absolute monster. So I'm going to take Mike Williams, outscores Keenan Allen, and overall fantasy points in any format. Bold prediction number one. Bold prediction number two, Matt Breida of the San Francisco 49ers leads the Niners' backfield in fantasy points overall by the end of the season. So we know that Jarek McKinnon got brought in last year. As a 49er fan, I was not happy about that. I rest my case. I've done enough um, bashing on the 49ers (laughs) in general. So I'll save that. But I was not happy about that move. Just didn't trust him. Tears his ACL last year. Comes back. Gets hurt again. Comes back in the preseason. Gets held up again. Fragile Jarek McKinnon. I'm not into it. So I don't think he's going to be a factor at all, frankly, this year. Unfortunately, even if he does play a little bit, he's just not going to be what we thought he was going to be in fantasy and or for the 49ers in general. Then we have Tevin Coleman, who came in, who's Shanahan's dude from Atlanta, which is great. I think Tevin Coleman could have a chance to be a very effective back in this offense again with some nice weapons around him. But I haven't really seen it with the eye test that he could be the number one guy when Devonta Freeman would get hurt in Atlanta and Tevin Coleman would get his chance. He had some splashes. He had some good games. But I just don't think he's incredible. And also Shanahan doesn't run a one-back system. He runs a two-three-back system and spreads the ball around. So I don't think Tevin Coleman's going to be worth his you know sixth-round ADP right now. I'm not touching him anywhere. Next up is Matt Breida, who I think is the most talented running back on the 49ers period. He was clocked last year as the fastest player in football. That includes Tyreek Hill, fastest running back, fastest player in football last year. He battled injuries all of last year, but up until week four, he actually led the NFL in yards, um, total rushing yards. Matt Breida did up through week four, and then he got injured and kind of battled injuries the rest of the season, but was still somewhat productive. Right now, I think he's third string if you count McKinnon. If not, he's the backup. But I think Matt Breida eventually supplants Tevin Coleman. Um, Tevin Coleman has a tough time staying healthy as well. So I like Matt Breida to eventually get that starting role again or at least be massively uh, included and eventually leading the San Francisco backfield in fantasy points overall. Bull prediction number two. Also, deep sleepers in Dynasty, which I'll talk about in the second half of the episode. But Jeff Wilson, who has looked explosive this offseason. And don't forget about my boy Raheem Mostert as well in the backfield for the Niners. Bull prediction number three, Devin Singletary eventually takes over as the Bills starting running back and is a running back two or better from that point on. So Frank Gore, we know is ancient. He's 36. Love, love, love Frank Gore. But he eventually is going to fade. I think that happens to be this year. Shady McCoy, not impressed. Wasn't impressed two years ago. Wasn't impressed last year. Still not impressed. I get a lot of shit on social media for you know posting his decline because people remember his Philly days. They're behind him. Um, he's just not the same guy. He's 31. I think they're going to start both those guys and run the wheels off because they both might retire next year potentially or in the next year or two, so they're not the future. Devin Singletary is a special back. He is the future for the Bills. I think he comes in eventually, even halfway through the season, week eight even. I'll sit on him in Dynasty Leagues, especially deep uh, redraft leagues. I'm going to sit on Devin Singletary just like I did with Alvin Kamara a couple years ago, and when he becomes a starting running back, I think he is going to be 
uh, special for the Bills um, and that young offense for years to come. So bowl prediction number three, Devin Singletary eventually takes over as the Bills starting running back and is an RB2 from that point on. Bowl prediction number four, Zach Ertz finishes outside the top three and Dallas Goddard finishes inside the top six at tight end. I've made multiple claims about my belief in the rise of Dallas Goddard and not necessarily the fall drastically of Zach Ertz. I just think he's going to be bumped down. Now, I'm very well aware that Zach Ertz is an animal, led the league, uh, actually set a record last year with 116 receptions from a tight end. He will get his work. He will get his catches. He will get his yardage. He'll get enough touchdowns to be a beast in fantasy. But with Dallas Goddard being a huge touchdown monster as well, and I think equally or more talented than Zach Ertz at this point, he's also going to be involved. I really like both of these guys. Um, I think the only tight end handcuff at this point, now that Luck is gone, I no longer believe that with um, Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle in Indianapolis, but I do believe that was Zach Ertz. If you get Zach Ertz, you've got to get Dallas Goddard as well. So I'm going to say that Zach Ertz takes a fall just a little bit outside the top four. I'm going to take Kelsey Kittle. I'm going to draft um, Howard as the fourth tight end, but I think he might surpass him depending on how that offense goes. So Zach Ertz finishes outside the top four. Dallas Goddard finishes inside the top six tight ends. That's bold prediction number four. Bold prediction number five, Patrick Mahomes does not end the year as the quarterback one overall. Depending on how you feel about Patrick Mahomes and your scoring format, this may not be crazy, but I just want to mention that in a dynasty league, I'm still reaching for Patrick Mahomes in like the second round, <laughs> third round, uh, depending on your formatting, size of league, and all that stuff in your draft position. But <clears throat> in a redraft league, of course, you know, the new hotness is to draft a late round quarterback, which I'm not against, but I've made my claims on the podcast that I'm not against taking a uh, stud quarterback early. You just need to back it up with a high upside guy late in your draft. But Pat Mahomes is very special. However, his efficiency last year was insane. He had 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, and a handful of those touchdowns he gets credit for passing-wise were literally basically handoffs in the front. So some of those regress a little bit. He's not a secret anymore. Tyreek Hill's not so much a secret anymore. Um, I think that defense is going to be better in Kansas City, which I think maybe puts a little more on the run game. Still an explosive offense. Mahomes is going to be an animal for sure. But let's not forget that Aaron Rodgers only threw for 25 touchdowns last year. Uh, with Lamar Miller out, I think Deshaun Watson is going to rely on his, his arm and his own legs more in Houston. The rise of Baker Mayfield. Don't forget about Matt Ryan in um, Atlanta, uh, who is number two in many quarterback formats, um, playing most of his schedule inside this year. Uh, we got Jameis Winston who um, could potentially break out and be huge this year. So there's a lot of guys potentially leading for that. Now, if Mahomes is number one, will I be surprised? Of course not, obviously. My bold prediction is that he's not number one. Now, he might be number two or three, but before Andrew Luck's retirement, I had Andrew Luck as my number one quarterback, Mahomes number two, Rodgers number three. I've now got Mahomes one, Rodgers two, but I think just with the circumstances around the league, I think I really believe in Rodgers this year. I think he is going to try to reprove himself. Therefore, 
um, taking that next step. And if he gets back up to, you know, 35 touchdowns or something, um, I think he'll, he'll blow it out. So I like uh, Rodgers and Mahomes equally, but I'll take a bold prediction that Mahomes falls out of the number one spot at quarterback. That's my bold prediction. Number five. Now let me get into my crazy calls. This is a little bit of a deeper dive on bold predictions. This is kind of bold predictions, you know, multiplied here. Um, Number one crazy call is that David Montgomery, rookie running back for the Bears, ends the season as a top 10 running back. Now, on first glance, this may not be crazy because if you remember a couple years ago, Jordan Howard was a top running back. Last year, Tariq Cohen had top running back weeks. Jordan Howard was still an RB2, even though we all feel he had a down season. David Montgomery is an absolute animal. Falls into the Matt Nagy offense, which I love. I'm really high on the Bears, which I've mentioned. Uh, Anthony Miller, David Montgomery, Mitch Trubisky especially. But David Montgomery being the lead back in this offense, I think is going to be huge. As a rookie, we see many times that those rookies are getting 200-plus carries and you know 250-plus touches in their rookie season, especially when they're drafted high. The Bears reached up to get David Montgomery. I feel good about it. I feel good about this offense in general. I think he takes the uh, the league by storm, really. Um, and I've got him ahead of Josh Jacobs. Uh, I'll go over him actually in the uh, in the dynasty recap as well. But David Montgomery has the skill set. He has the ability in a high-powered offense. Matt Nagy likes to use his running backs as a dual threat, which he wasn't able to do with Jordan Howard, which he tried to do, but he just couldn't. Tariq Cohen is set in his role. I think he wants him to be more of a third down back. Mike Davis, don't forget about Mike Davis. I think he's a viable option, but I think he's more of an insurance policy if one of these guys get hurt. So I'm not really worried about Mike Davis unless somebody gets hurt, but I really, really like David Montgomery. So first crazy call is that David Montgomery ends the year as a top 10 running back, and that's in all formats. Crazy call number two, four of five of the top second-year quarterbacks from the 2018 draft class finish as a quarterback one. So I'm talking about Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Sam Darnold all finish as quarterback ones this year. Sorry, Josh Rosen, it's Fitch Magic time for this time in uh, Miami, uh, at least for the time being. But I believe the rise of Baker is real. I'm buying in on the Browns if you've been listening to the podcast. If Odell stays healthy, Baker could be the number one quarterback in fantasy. If Odell goes down like he has in the previous years baker could still be top five because he did it last year while he was playing um as a qb1 uh without you know a talent like um uh, odell beckham so I, I like baker a lot um lamar jackson led uh quarterbacks broke a record with quarterback rushing yards um and We've seen him be able to pass, as I mentioned multiple times in Louisville, when he won the Heisman Trophy. He's able to throw the ball. I think they turn him loose a little bit more this year. We've been hearing, you know, that they're obviously going to run the ball extremely heavy in, in Baltimore, but I think they're also going, looking to have Lamar Jackson throwing the ball about 30 times a game, which would be nice uh, to let him air it out a little bit. So, not crazy weapons of Baltimore. I'm not, you know, super high on Lamar Jackson as a passer per se, but. As I've said for a long time with Cam Newton, I'm fading Cam Newton at this point, especially with the new injury, which I'll get to in a second. But Lamar Jackson is a runner. 
He's a great, great athlete, and he's a good enough thrower. <clears throat> We've seen that carry Cam Newton for years. So I like Lamar Jackson there. Josh Allen, same thing, but a bigger arm. Um, I really like uh, his opportunity as long as he gets the uh, accuracy down. He's got some nice weapons out there in Buffalo, and Sam Darnold is just a matter of time. I think he's one of the most talented overall quarterbacks in the league already. Um he is very, very young still and uh, just blossoming. I'm worried about Adam Gase, but one thing Adam Gase is good at is developing quarterbacks. So I like Sam Darnold a lot. I still think the Jets are a year away from real contention with the Patriots, but I think that definitely improves this year. Josh Rosen, not yet. Let's get into my third. Uh, so the fourth, uh, second crazy call excuse me the second crazy call is four of the five top second quarterbacks from the 2018 draft class finishes quarterback ones so that's baker mayfield lamar jackson josh allen and sam darnold crazy call number three speaking of cam newton will greer will greer rookie out of virginia uh, west virginia excuse me takes over for cam newton and is a QB2 or better from that point on so they also have uh haniki there in uh Carolina, who I think is, he's fine. Um, but I think he's a little bit more of like a um, Taysom Hill hybrid kind of a quarterback where he's a you know fine quarterback, but he can run the ball as well. I think Will, Will Greer is the future in Carolina. I'm worried about Cam Newton. I've mentioned it multiple times. Um, he's on my bus category. He was almost going to be on my will not draft category. He's, he's, you know, I was worried about him before the injury. Uh, because of his shoulder surgery this year. And then he tweaks his foot, right? Doesn't sound so bad. That's fine. Those things add up. Cam Newton's getting hurt. Um, I saw a stat this morning that uh, over the last three years, he and Andy Dalton have comparable stats. And Andy Dalton has more touchdowns, less interceptions, and more yardage. So I like Will Greer eventually taking over for Cam Newton. Either, you know, he won't get pulled, but I think. I just don't think Cam Newton's going to hold up, frankly. Will Greer gets the start. Once he gets the start, he will be a quarterback, too, from then on. I really believe in Will Greer. Love him in Dynasty Leagues. So, number four, crazy call. All three Packers receivers end the year as wide receiver twos or better. So, that's Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. All three Packers end the year as wide receiver twos or better. As I mentioned, all in on Aaron Rodgers. All in on Devonta Adams, of course. I need to have one of these three receivers. Okay, if I have a pick, like the fifth pick, uh, sixth pick, um, with Zeke holding out, with Melvin Gordon holding out, with the uncertainties with Le'Veon Bell, in my opinion, with David Johnson fading just a little bit with the way the Cardinals look in the preseason. I don't dislike David Johnson at all, but not quite as juicy as it was before the preseason until they get rolling. Questions around some other running backs in that general tier. I have the big three running backs, Saquon, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. And then I'm looking at Devontae Adams personally, then Nuke Hopkins, okay, then maybe David Johnson. Then I'm looking at Julio Jones. So I want um, Adams if I can't get one of those big three running backs. If I miss on Adams, then – I'm looking at Allison or Marcus Valdez-Scantling, probably for me personally, probably Allison just ahead of Marcus Valdez-Scantling right now, just because of the rapport. But I'm taking Allison or Valdez-Scantling in, let's say, the eighth round. And if someone reaches before me to get them, I'm going to reach to get the other one if I can. I want a piece of this 
Packers offense that includes Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers as well. I really think they're going to have a resurgence this year with uh, Aaron Rodgers pissed and <laughs> trying to make up for lost time. So I like the Packers a lot. I really believe in all three of them. Uh, let's not forget that um, just a few years ago, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb were all very, very viable week-in and week-out starters in fantasy football. I think that happens again with a younger core and I think more overall talented core if they can stay healthy. So all three Packers end up as wide receiver twos or better. That's Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, or Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And the number five crazy call is Josh Gordon ends the year as a wide receiver one. This is just a matter of him finishing the season. He's finally reinstated again in the league. He had a quick preseason game. He only had a couple of catches for a couple of yards, but he shed a tackle, looked big, looked strong. We know Brady loves him. He can go over the middle. He can go down the field. I like Josh Gordon a lot. I think the Patriots held on to him for a reason. They don't mess around, as we know. Um, they held on to Aaron Hernandez much longer than they should have. Um, just I've researched Aaron Hernandez quite a bit, actually, his whole situation, his career, and everything else that um, led up to his eventual demise, unfortunately. But they held on to him on purpose because of the talent and what they saw in him and giving him the opportunity. That didn't work out so much with Aaron Hernandez. He had a lot of inner demons. Obviously, Josh Gordon does as well, but they held on to him on purpose. The Patriots don't mess around. They made a conscious decision multiple times to hold on to Josh Gordon and reinstate him and bring him into New England and deal with the potential headache. I've always said on this podcast that I'm rooting for Josh Gordon as a human being, as a football player. I'm putting my stamp on it again. If he finishes a season, um, even 14 games potentially, he's going to be a wide receiver one. You can get him right now in about the sixth round. That's going to change in the next week leading up to the season. I'm sure he's going to be about a fourth rounder, but I've been seeing him uh, in drafts about sixth round because people just aren't sure what's going on. Gronkowski's gone. Edelman's over the middle. Um, the rest of the receivers for uh, the Patriots are awesome, but they're young. They're rookies, and we know, you know Brady – uh, doesn't necessarily go with those guys. He's looking at the veterans, and I think that he had a nice rapport last year um, quickly with Josh Gordon. So I like Josh Gordon a lot. He's an excellent, excellent athlete, still young, even missing so much time. So I like Josh Gordon to end the year as the wide receiver one as my fifth crazy call. So quick recap on my bold predictions and my crazy calls, and we will get into the dynasty recap. So my first bold prediction was that Mike Williams outscores Keenan Allen overall in fantasy points on any format. Number two, Matt Breida leads the San Francisco 49ers running backs in fantasy points overall at the end of the season, any format. Three, Devin Singletary eventually takes over for the Bills starting running back position and is a running back two or better from that point on. Number four, Zach Ertz finishes outside the top four tight ends and Dallas Goddard finishes inside the top six tight ends. Number five, Patrick Mahomes does not end the year as the overall quarterback one. My five crazy calls. Number one, David Montgomery ends the year as a top 10 running back. Chicago Bears rookie David Montgomery ends the year as a top 10 running back. 
Number two, four of the five second-year quarterbacks in 2018 draft class finish as a quarterback one. So I'm talking about Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Sam Darnold, excluding Josh Rosen, but those other four finish the year as a quarterback one. Number three, Will Greer, rookie quarterback out of West Virginia for the Panthers, takes over for Cam Newton eventually and is a QB2 from that point forward. And all four uh, let's see, excuse me, number four, all three Packers receivers end the year as a wide receiver two or better. That's Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And number five, crazy call, Josh Gordon ends the year as a wide receiver one. Before we get into the rest of the episode, let's take a quick break here. If you like what you're hearing and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Of course, you can drop us an email as well at tckpod at gmail.com. And of course, please leave a rate and review here on the podcast. We appreciate your feedback. And don't forget, we do have a website coming. It is in the works. I promise there's a lot being built from scratch. But my man Lucas and our boy Polly behind the scenes are crushing it. Appreciate their help. You guys are going to be thrilled with the website. So worth the wait. Hold tight. I appreciate uh, the support there. And before we get into the Dynasty League recap, Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to and how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Okay, now I'm going to break down my only dynasty draft of the season here, just to let you know where my head's at for dynasty drafts. I was randomly selected. This is a real draft. This is not a mock. I've done a couple mocks. Um, this is a real draft. Joined a Dynasty League, an upstart Dynasty League with some of the players from the League of Record, um, some other buddies from a long time ago. We just kind of put together uh, put together a scrap uh, group to do a Dynasty League and do it startup. So the draft order was randomly selected. I actually ended up with the first overall pick in the Dynasty League, this is a 12-team, full PPR, uh, two flex 
quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, and two flex. Defense, no kicker, tight end, of course, and a very deep bench, as you know, if you play Dynasty. I'm just going to go round by round and let you know where my head's at, what my picks were, why I made those picks. And really quick, just if you're drafting on the turn, you really have no choice but to reach one way or another. If you're playing in the middle, maybe like the fourth to eighth picks, ninth pick, you're kind of just going with the flow, right? You got to be a part of trends. Uh, You're in the middle. You're kind of taking what comes to you a little bit more than if you're in the first three picks or the last three picks of each round, you pretty much have to take that opportunity to reach for guys that you want. If you don't think they're going to come back to you in the next uh, couple of rounds, because you have so many picks in between you. So when I go through, I'll explain uh, some of my reaches. Um, I had one early, had a couple in the middle rounds, and then in Dynasty League, you know, we have 21, 22 rounds, so we're just we're just swinging for the fences eventually. But let's get into it. First overall pick, I went with Saquon Barkley. Um, I'm not crazy about him this year, although Daniel Jones has really impressed in the preseason. I feel like I was the only guy after the draft who actually stood up for him um, (laughs) when he was booed on draft day. And I was just like, you know, give this kid a chance. He's clearly talented and they just set him up for failure, unfortunately. But I'm really excited about him, not excited about Eli. So I think he takes over sooner than later. And that Giants offense does okay. But I'm worried about the overall offense and the, the receivers and everything else. But I think that hurts Saquon Barkley a little bit this year just because they're going to pack the box. But Saquon, Saquon, uh, barring an injury, he's going to be one of the best running backs of all time. You can already tell. And um, without injury, he should have at least 10 very, very productive seasons. So in a dynasty pick, no-brainer, number one overall, uh, Saquon Barkley. I will not go over all of the draft picks for every single round, but in the first two rounds, I'll give you everybody just to let you know where people are at. So number two, Kamara. Christian McCaffrey, number three, Le'Veon Bell, number four. That was a little surprising to me just with, uh, I don't know, his age. He's not old per se, but older. Um, he's also got some question marks in uh, in New York, so thought that was surprising. Uh, New Hopkins, number five. Zeke Elliott, number six, which I actually think is a really great pick. Again, he may hold out. He may be out for six games we're hearing. Could be three games. Could be kind of a bust this year, but this is Dynasty. You're thinking long game as well. I like Zeke. Falls all the way to number six, uh, which actually I think is quite impressive. I have him as my number one back, assuming he plays all 16 games, but Zeke at number six is a steal in my opinion. Devontae Adams number seven. Uh, Mike Thomas at number eight. Tyreek Hill, David Johnson, Todd Gurley still at number 11. That was surprising to me because Todd Gurley may have a decent season this year, but with that arthritis and his knee and everything else in a dynasty league, I'm concerned about him. Two, three years down the road, unfortunately, Todd Gurley may be done. Maybe not. I hope not, but he could be. Um, So I I thought that was a little surprising in the first round of a dynasty draft. Uh, Redraft, I get it. Dynasty, a little surprising there. Odo Beckham, number 12. Going around in the second round, uh, Juju, Travis Kelsey, uh, Keenan Allen, James Conner, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Patrick Mahomes goes as the 10th pick in the second round, on Johnson, and I picked George Kittle as the last pick of the second round. So, of course, I had, you know, 23 picks or whatever in between my picks, 22 picks. So I'm with Saquon Barkley first overall, and then George Kittle uh, as the last pick of the second round. Then for my on the turn for the first pick of the third round, I – I don't feel like it's a terrible reach, but I got some flack in the chat room during the draft, which I understand. Um, 
but I reached for David Montgomery, who is the rookie running back for the Bears. Now, again, redraft league, probably wouldn't have done this. I passed up on uh, Josh Jacobs, Fournette, Thielen, A.B., uh, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, you know, lots of options, Zach Ertz even, even Melvin Gordon, uh, depending on his situation. But I went with David Montgomery again to Dynasty League. I believe in him this season, but I definitely believe him in the future. I like him a lot moving forward. Um, him and Saquon Barkley for the next five years, if they stay healthy, I'm real stoked on that. So even though we have three receivers and two flex, I felt really good with Saquon Barkley, George Kittle, where I can forget about tight end for the foreseeable future, and then two really, really solid, I think, quality running backs in um, great opportunities, either with offense or talent or both. So I really like that start there. Then I had obviously a ton of uh, a ton of weight. Melvin Gordon still went in the third round as the last pick of the third round. So that was a little bit surprising to me just because he's got, you know, question marks right now. And then in the back of the fourth round, um, Aaron Jones was one pick away from me. I would have picked him. Absolutely. He was in my queue, but uh, he got drafted right before me. So I instead went with Chris Godwin um, in the fourth round, last pick of the fourth round. Now he is technically my wide receiver one, um, which in a redraft league would not be sexy, but the way that I started my draft, I feel pretty good about it. And in a dynasty league, I think Chris Godwin eventually surplants Mike Evans, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but eventually. And, um, I like Chris Godwin a lot and his potential there. So him being my eventual uh, wide receiver one, I'm all about it in the fourth round. That's fine with me. And then the first pick of the fifth round, I went with Mike Williams. Same thing with Chris Godwin. I just mentioned in my bold predictions, I think Mike Williams takes over as the number one for Keenan Allen in uh, L.A. for the Chargers. I like him a lot. Had to go with him in the fifth round. Um, there's a bunch of other guys. I thought about Josh Gordon for a second, but there's just too many question marks there. Um, I also thought about you know grabbing a quarterback here, a younger quarterback. Um, only Pat Mahomes had gone by the fifth round, <clears throat> but Deshaun Watson went um, shortly after my pick. Then Baker went, then Aaron Rodgers, then Carson Wentz. So there was a lot of quarterbacks that kind of went. But once I missed that group, I just decided to wait. And I'll get to my quarterbacks later on in the draft. In a dynasty format, I think I mentioned with Mahomes in the bull predictions episode or section of the episode, um, I am more inclined to reach, if you will, uh, but draft a young, budding quarterback early in dynasty leagues like Mahomes in the second Baker in the fourth even in my opinion Deshaun Watson uh one of those guys Carson Wentz even if you believe he can stay healthy in the you know fourth fifth sixth round uh even Aaron Rodgers you know who's still young enough in the quarterback position um and he's Aaron Rodgers so I uh, just want to mention that I know it's the hot thing in redraft leagues to wait on quarterbacks and I don't disagree with it fully in dynasty leagues though I think you either go early heavy on one of those guys or you wait all the way through there so in the fifth round uh in the fourth round back of the fourth round of chris godwin wide receiver one first pick of the fifth round wide receiver two mike williams i like those guys a lot who could both be wide receiver ones by the end of the season mike evans has got a little bit of a lingering injury so does keenan allen he, plus he's always hurt anyway i like both those picks a lot Back of the sixth round, I went with Robbie Anderson, 
Um, not crazy about him in redraft leagues. I think he's a little bit of a boomer bust with uh, inconsistency. However, I love his talent. I love the um, downfield ability. I'm all about Sam Darnold eventually. So in Dynasty, I really like this because if he can stay healthy and um, you know keep his head on straight and Sam Darnold can grow to the quarterback, I think we all think he has the capability of doing I think this matchup is going to be nasty moving forward. I like Robbie Anderson right now uh, in the sixth round because I believe, especially in dynasty leagues, in the next year or two, he's going to be a you know a top receiver in that maybe second round area. So I think this is kind of a, a value for now. Back of the sixth round, I get Robbie Anderson. Top of the seventh, I pick AJ Green. Now AJ Green doesn't taste good right now because he's hurt. Okay, um, he kind of re-injured himself a little bit. He's had a, some setbacks. Now they don't think he's going to play until week three, best case scenario. None of that feels good. But again, this is a dynasty mindset, okay? This is not just this year. This is next year, the next five years, 10 years, whatever. A.J. Green is an animal when he's on the field. I know he's been a little bit hurt. I know he's getting a little bit, you know, he's on the you know backside of 30 at this point. Um, but he can get healthy. Andy Dalton's not amazing, but he hyper targets him. I think the Bengals in general offense is going to get much, much better under Zach Taylor than it ever was under Marvin Lewis. When AJ Green comes back, even if he plays 10, 12 games this season, I'm going to put him in at one of those flex positions. Again, in this league, we start three receivers. So right now on paper, AJ Green's my wide receiver three, which is insane. If he was healthy, he'd be drafted in the middle top of the second round so got some value here he is older so he fell in dynasty leagues but if he's healthy awesome if he's not it's all good you know um i'm gonna cut bait and trade him do whatever but in the seventh round for him to fall to me in the first and seventh round i was stoked on that so i got aj green there when he gets healthy um I run, and he's an immediate wide receiver one when he's healthy so that kind of makes up for my godwin robbie anderson mike williams situation if i need to so my Previous four picks were Godwin, Mike Williams, Robbie Anderson, AJ Green. And then coming up in the back of the eighth round was Geronimo Allison. Then I went with Michael Gallup. So I had, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six receivers in a row after going um, slightly, uh, you know, zero wide receiver, if you want to call it that. You know, Saquon, Kittle, Montgomery, the first three picks, and then I just went heavy on receivers. So as I mentioned in the crazy calls segment before the break, um, I want a piece of that Green Bay offense. I wasn't able to get Devontae Adams, or I mean, I could have. I went with Zeke, or uh, sorry, Saquon instead. Didn't end up with Aaron Rodgers. Marcus Valdez-Scantling was picked as the first pick of the eighth round. As soon as that happened, I put Geronimo Allison at the top of my queue. I want a piece of this. A.J. Green was in the seventh, all the way in the back of the eighth. I got Geronimo Allison stoked on that um, in the eighth round. In the ninth round, I picked up Michael Gallup, who I think is uber talented. He had an okay rookie season, but uh, Amari Cooper is already kind of, you know, having foot issues, the plantar fasciitis, now a, a, a sprain and um, all this shit with his foot. Not feeling that at all. Uh, receivers, we see it hunkered just like A.J. Green. So we see that happen a lot where uh, wide receivers are really bogged down by lower body injuries, especially on their foot. I love Amari Cooper's talent uh, and everything else. but I And in a dynasty league, I'm all about Amari Cooper. I didn't get him in this draft, but 
once I started looking at really kind of deeper options and filling that roster with all these wide receivers, Michael Gallup popped up, and I like him a lot with the potential there. He's looked great in the preseason. I believe in Dak. I believe in this offense overall uh, under uh, Kellen Moore, who was a former Cowboy quarterback. Now he's the uh, offensive coordinator. I like the downfield approach there. Michael Gallup I thought was a nice value in the ninth round. In the back of the tenth round, I started getting some – security at the running back position, right? So I'm never benching Saquon, obviously. Probably not benching uh, Montgomery either, um, unless he gets hurt. But I've got Latavius Murray in the 10th round. Stoked on that. Okay, he kept falling and falling and falling. I got him in the 10th round. He could, we've seen what Mark Ingram was able to do with Alvin Kamara being, you know, a, a, a RB1, both of them being an RB1 over the last couple of years. If Latavius Murray can be Mark Ingram, which I think he can be, and more, frankly, in the 10th round, that's stupid. So super stoked on uh, Latavius Murray there. And then my boy, Matt Breida. Nobody pays attention to him. Um, in the 11th round, Matt Breida, I think, will be the starting running back for the Niners down the stretch and maybe into the playoffs. Getting him in the 11th round was a steal. And um, again, I'm just going to sit on these guys anyway. If it doesn't work out, it's no big deal. But if it does work out, I've got gems um, lingering in here, which is what your dynasty drafts are all about, kind of picking and choosing. So my wide receivers are deep. My running backs are deep at this point, And I have my tight end locked in with George Kittle. So I started, I actually did something kind of crazy here in the 12th and the 13th round. Um, of course, I have the last pick of the 12th round and the first pick of the 13th round and then no picks for quite a while. I'm pretty dialed on running back, pretty dialed on receiver. I've got Kittle, need a quarterback. I'm looking at the quarterbacks available. I went with Lamar Jackson and Mitch Trubisky in back-to-back picks. Love Lamar Jackson. Love Mitch Trubisky. Both have rushing upside. Both have great arms. Need more accuracy. Need more work. I think they both grow into solid quarterbacks. That's all I need in this league. I've got both of those guys really stoked on that. So I went back-to-back quarterbacks in the 12th and the 13th round. Lamar Jackson and Mitch Trubisky. In the back of the 13th round, uh, uh, excuse me, back of the 14th round, I went with Tony Pollard. Um, and then I turned around and got Justin Jackson in the 15th. So in the, let's see, 12th and 13th, I went back-to-back quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Mr. Trubisky. In 14th and 15th round, I went with Tony Pollard and Justin Jackson, back-to-back backup running backs because, let's face it, I mean, the, the situation with Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon is ugly to say the least right now, and it looks like both of them are going to legit hold out as of this podcast a week out from the season. Of course, we're going to audible if we hear any actual news, but it keeps floating around that they're both not ready to sign yet. If that's the case, Tony Pollard and Justin Jackson uh, are potentially automatic RB1s, and I got them in the 14th and the 15th round. I know about Austin Eckler. Mm, I like Justin Jackson more. Tony Pollard has looked great. He's going to fall into you know as much work as as he can handle for even if it's four weeks or six weeks. He's you know if he's seventy five percent of Zeke for six weeks, all about that. So fell into kind of my uh, just in case strategy there. Fourteenth and fifteenth round, Tony Pollard and Justin Jackson, two of the most valuable handcuffs right now for uh, the Cowboys and the Chargers. Then in the 16th round, again, we got, uh, let's see, 22 total rounds, so I'm almost there. But in the 16th round, real deep benches. Um, I went with Mike Davis, who is some insurance for um, David Montgomery, so I felt good about that in the back of the 16th round. And then I uh, went for just some some uh, preseason hype. 
I followed the hype just to see what happens, but I went with Jacoby Myers, uh, wide receiver for New England, who's been getting quite a bit of press in the preseason. He looks good. Uh, Josh Gordon's back, but not reliable at all, unfortunately. Julian Edelman is set in his role. Um, Nikhil Harry is great, uh, I think, eventually, but not quite yet. Um, So we'll see what happens. But Jacoby Myers is just a name to kind of sit on for a while and see if he develops over the next couple of years. But I liked that pick just as a dart throw. And then same thing in the 18th round, it was Zay Jones, who's definitely shown some promise. But he could potentially be the number one or number two uh, wide receiver in the next year or two with uh, Josh Allen, who I think will eventually grow into a legit, accurate, deep uh, deep downfield passer. Zay Jones would be that guy as long as he can stay healthy and um, you know keep his head on straight. He's had some off-the-field issues, but I think he can clear that up. And I love Josh Brown. Josh Brown. Um, John Brown, excuse me. Uh, but – He's had a little bit of a health issue with the sickle cell trait um, and just staying healthy in general. And Cole Beasley's awesome, but he's over the middle. I like Robert Foster as well, but I think Zay Jones is the guy there um, if he can handle it. So again, another dart throw in the 18th round. I'll take Zay Jones. I actually wanted Devontae Parker right there, and I had text kind of the group and just said, you know, is the 18th round enough value for Devontae Parker? Because I mentioned how much I don't want him on my team. But in the 18th round, I mean, Jesus, he's about to get traded eventually anyway. Then he gets a new start somewhere else. I love that. I just don't like him in Miami. Anyway, literally the pick, I, I text that, of course. He gets sniped. So rule of thumb, don't text shit in fantasy until it happens because uh, you'll probably get karma back your way. So uh, four rounds left in the 19th round. I went um, with another receiver, my man Josh Reynolds, um, fourth string receiver for the Rams. Now, we know that Josh Reynolds is not going to see the field if Cooks, Woods, and Cooper Cup are healthy and on the field. I understand that. Not worried about it. Any of those guys gets hurt or traded in the next couple of years. Again, we're talking dynasty mindset. Josh Reynolds, I think, immediately becomes one of those guys. He showed promise down the stretch when Cooper Cup got hurt. They run three wide. Um more than anybody in the NFL, love the Rams offense in general, love the talent of Josh Reynolds. I think the Rams are a young team getting better moving forward. Having him in the 19th round is ridiculous because in two or three rounds, if Cooks moves on or Woods moves on and Cooper Cup and and Reynolds are kind of the one and two, um, I think Reynolds is going to be a, you know, a top two, three uh, round pick in two or three years. I know it sounds crazy now, but that's just how fantasy goes. So to get him in the in 19th round to sit on him for a couple of years, Fucking stoked there. 20th round, I went with Deontay Johnson, a deep sleeper for the um, Pittsburgh Steelers. Kind of a raw uh, rookie. I think he's, you know, he's definitely third string. Um, and, you know, obviously it's it's going to be uh, the Juju show and James Washington, who I love. But the Steelers are very good at developing young receivers. I like that. Again, I'm sitting on all these guys for the last five, six rounds probably. So I have no desire to start him anytime soon. But hopefully he can turn into somebody, and if he can turn into somebody over the next, um, you know, two three years, again I've got another steal here in the twentieth round with Deontay Johnson. Last two rounds, um, I got just kind of a you know what the hell pick in here. I picked Rob Gronkowski as the first pick of the twenty first round. Obviously, he's retired right now. I know he's running a, a CBD company at this point. He's lost twenty pounds, whatever. If you watch his hype and you listen to his stoke of missing football, I don't think it's terribly unreasonable to think that Rob Gronkowski will consider a and possibly like activate himself, come out of retirement for the Patriots in the playoffs to get one more ring. 
There's all of these Patriots runs that they've had with Gronkowski and Brady. Gronkowski has missed so much of those runs due to injury at the end of the season because he goes so hard during the season. So for him to, you know, maybe halfway through the season start getting back in shape and come in as a, a, a reliable source, obviously down the stretch for one more for the Patriots dynasty, I think that's absolutely reasonable. I'm actually banking on it <laughs> with this pick, but um, I picked Rob Gronkowski. I think he's in, he may come out of retirement. If he does, he's at the 21st pick in a dynasty league. I immediately slot him in as my um, tight end potentially in the playoffs if I need to. If anything happens to Kittle, boom, we're good. If it doesn't work out, no big deal. He's my second to last pick. I cut him and say la vie. Last pick of the draft, I just went with the Broncos defense. They were the uh, you know just one of the last ones. Um, Last one's left, and um, they were, you know, just kind of. I, I like that defensive line. Um, Nick Fangio, I think, you know, is going to turn the team around. They got a nice secondary, and uh, they, you know, they get to play the Raiders twice, which I like. They also have a, a decent schedule there, and so I like the Browns, or excuse me, the uh, Broncos. So a recap of my team, really quick in Dynasty League. Again, a very, very deep roster. I had the first overall pick in the startup Dynasty League, and these are my picks as follows. Uh, first overall, Saquon Barkley. Second, George Kittle. Third, David Montgomery. Fourth, Chris Godwin. Fifth, Mike Williams. Sixth, Robbie Anderson. Seventh, AJ Green. Eighth, Geronimo Allison. Ninth, Michael Gallup. Tenth, Latavius Murray. Eleventh, Matt Breida. Twelfth, Lamar Jackson. Thirteenth, Mitch Trubisky. Fourteenth, Tony Pollard. Fifteenth, Justin Jackson. Sixteenth, Mike Davis. 17th, Jacoby Myers, 18th, Zay Jones, 19th, Josh Reynolds, 20th, Deontay Johnson, 21st, Rob Gronkowski, and my defense in the 22nd round was the Denver Broncos. So you can listen back to that and just hear the trends, all right? So I went Saquon and George Kittle right off the bat. Don't have to worry about those positions for years. David Montgomery, upside, great. But then I went um, one, two, three, four, six receivers in a row between the fourth and the ninth round. Then I went back-to-back running backs, back-to-back quarterbacks, three running backs in a row, four receivers in a row, Rob Gronkowski just for shits, and the Broncos defense. So a lot of flows because I was at that 12th position and the first position. So I basically had to reach for some guys and pick my guys because they weren't going to come back for 20 picks later. So a lot of runs in there of uh, multiple positions in a row. But I feel really good about this dynasty team. Super stoked on it. It was a lot of fun to uh, do this upstart team. And um I'll fill you in throughout the season on how it goes, but that is my uh, dynasty team for 2019. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod or on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can also find us on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast and shortly via our website. The website will have my pre-draft rankings, regular season weekly rankings, waiver wire pickup recommendations, and articles from Lucas as well as more coming soon. Stay tuned for the website. If you've gained any value from this episode, please leave a rate and review on the podcast. It really does help us boost the algorithms, help us get the word out to the people. We appreciate the support. We put a lot of time and effort and energy into this for y'all. So a like 
and a follow on social medias would be massive and really helps us out. It only takes you literally five seconds. Appreciate that. Also, leaving a rate and review for us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Play, whatever you use, um, again, helps us a lot get the word out and uh, boost our numbers. So we appreciate that. We don't do it for the numbers, but the numbers help us get the word out. So we appreciate your help there. Thank you so much. Make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Scott Guasco, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.